Good afternoon on August 21st, 2020, for another segment of Maybe This Time to Listen. This is called The Bottom Line, Part 1. The Bottom Line, Part 1. Now, in addition, it's called The Sum. If you're doing mathematics, in addition, it's called The Sum. And subtraction is called the difference. And multiplication is called the product. And division is called the quotient. Now what are these? They're the answer. Therefore making them the bottom line. So no matter what you call it, there's a bottom line to problems. The answer to a situation may elude us for some time. But we should always want the bottom line. You shouldn't want people to tell you a bunch of lies. Or go all the way around the mulberry bush before they get to the end of the story. You want the bottom line. But the place in which we don't agree on the bottom line is the Bible. And that's for sure. Now to an unbeliever and or atheist, their bottom line is Ah, the Bible is a pack of lies and embellished stories. To a saved, seasoned believer, it's an unadulterated word of God. To an agnostic, it's, I don't know, I'm not sure. So how do we get to the bottom line? For one thing, just keep living. The prophecy in the Bible is your clue that something is up. Yet, still among, even among followers of Christ, there's so much doctrinal differences in rightly dividing the word, uh, the word of truth. <clears throat> I'll give you four examples. Here's the first one. For some people say, Saints go to heaven even though they sin along the way. But they're going to heaven even though they keep sinning. Another one, once you get the Holy Spirit, you stop sending it all together. Next one, you can't, you can't get to heaven without water baptism in Jesus' name and speaking in tongues. The fourth one, since we're under grace, it doesn't matter how you live. Now, let's take apart each one of those four things, put some scripture behind it. First one, saints go to heaven even though they keep they excuse me. Saints go to heaven even though they sin along the way, but they're going to heaven even though they keep sinning. All right, so now let's look at Ezekiel. I'm going to Ezekiel chapter 18, verse four. I'm going to read from the King James version, the New International Version, also known as the NIV. The New Living Translation, also known as the NLT, and the Complete Jewish Bible. First, the King James, once again, Ezekiel 18 and 4. <clears throat> King James says, Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. 
Now for the NIV. For everyone belongs to me, the parent as the child. Both alike belong to me. The one who sins is the one who will die. Now the NLT. For all people are mine to judge, both parents and children alike. And this is my rule. The person who sins is the one who will die. Now the complete Jewish Bible. Look, all lives belong to me. Both the parent's life and the child's life are equal to mine. So it is the person who sins himself who must die. So all the business about I'm going to heaven now, we'll throw it out the window. We'll do what God said. He hates sin. He always has hated sin. And he still hates sin. This, this is not the place. Well, these, these come up, these scriptures come up. Especially not the place to throw in, oh, Jesus came in and uh, let the Father be happy. And now we don't have to listen to this anymore. Yes, you do still have to listen to this. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10 from the NIV. Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Now that sounds plain to me, and that's New Testament. That sounds pretty plain to me. I want to read it one more time. Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. I'll break that down just a little bit. Adulterers, I think you know what that is. Somebody fooling around, somebody married fooling around with somebody who ain't their spouse. <clears throat> men who have sex with men, that speaks for itself. Nor thieves, you know you can't steal. Nor the greedy, there's a lot of that going around. It's becoming the idolatry. When you're greedy, there's idolatry. And God definitely hates idolatry. No drunkards can't be falling around all in the gutter and think you're going to heaven anyhow. No plus being drunk must be a mind, and you need your mind to serve the Lord. <clears throat> so if your mind is all twisted because of alcohol, you can't successfully uh, serve the Lord. He said, no drunkards. No slanderers. When you look a lot in the New Testament, he tells them, the saints, please don't slander anybody. Don't slander nobody. Why? Because slanderers wind up going to hell. No swindlers. You know, those people that just swindle, especially those that just swindle old folks that have their money because they figure all oh, those folks are so trusting. And they, they come to your house, they come to their house and say, Oh, we see you need some some yard work or some um, some uh, renovations done. We're doing free renovations. Oh, okay, come in. You know, somebody born in the thirties. 
they're so trusting, they're so trusting for the 40s or whatever they want. They say, oh, come in, take a look, take a look around, what has to be done? Well, we're going to fix this wall, we're going to take this wall out, we're going to do this, that. come to your house, mess things up, tell you how much it is, tell you they want the money up front, or a certain amount up front, you give it to them, never see them again. They swindled you out of your money. So even on that level, you're going to hell. I mean, why is it you're going to hell? I said, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God, so where else do you think you're going? There's no separate, there's no place other than heaven or hell. I mean, there's no little separate apartment building set up in between folks, or folks who didn't mean it. No, it's, it's being lost, holiness or hell. That's the way I've been teaching for the last 20, 25, 30, almost 30 years, I guess. And that's what it is. It's holding as hell. What they used to do is they take your Bible. On the front of it, usually says Holy Bible. And on the back of it, you don't see nothing. When you turn over. So that's, that's holy, holiness or nothing. It's like, take your choice. Which one are you going to take? Now, here's another one from the New Testament. Romans chapter 2. Verse 6 to 11 from the NIV. God will repay each person according to what they have done. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, if you're seeking that, he will give eternal life. But those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil there will be anger and wrath. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil. First the Jew, then for the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good. First for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. Okay, need that? Now I read that nice and slow on purpose. Just listen to that first line. God will repay each person according to what they have done. That's why I said when you compare the the word, the, the sermons and the teaching lessons that you hear today with the word of God, they don't sound like this. We're either afraid to mention these scriptures. We just want to talk about the grace of God, the love of God, and that's it. But you gotta warn people. I'm not just saying it's the same. Of course, if you're a savior, if you're truly a true disciple of Christ, you're going back with him. I'm not denying that. I'm not taking that away from you. But we have to let people know that that, that everybody just ain't going to skeet up into heaven on ice skates. You have to live a life. Now, here's 1 John chapter 5, verses 16 to 20 in the NIV. Listen close to this. If you see a brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death, you should pray and God will give them life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. I'm not saying you should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, and there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that anyone born of God does not continue. Wait, before I read that. 
Let's go back to that first first section. If you see a brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death. Now, he said brother or sister. So people say, say it's no longer a sin or do anything wrong. What you gonna do with that one? He said, there's a sin that does not lead to death. So every little thing, if you sneeze or you cough or you blow your nose, you're not going to hell, okay? If you drink, if you drink a Pepsi Cola, you're not going to hell. If somebody eats a spare rib, they're not going to hell, okay? Let's cut all that stuff out. Because if that's the case, you got to walk in eggshells the rest of your life. And God doesn't want anybody to be that uncomfortable. Be walking on eggshells for their life. He made us free, we got to live free. If I was in front of people, I'd say, can I get an amen? Doesn't he want us to live free? All right, then. Then he goes on to say, I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. Well, what sin leads to death? You know, the blessing of the Holy Spirit. We are constantly kicking against the Holy Spirit. And every time God does a miracle, does something, you say, oh, that ain't real. That's not real. That's fake. And you keep doing that for a number of years, or however long God sees fit to allow you to do it after a while, there's no forgiveness for that. You can't keep kicking against the Holy Spirit. That's, that's the one sin that leads you to death. Definite death. And people can pray, the whole world can pray for you. You're not getting in. Now we know, oh sorry, all wrongdoing is sin. And there is sin that does not lead to, lead to death. All wrongdoing is sin. So even if you're saved and you don't do none of the other sins, the famous big seven as they call them, whatever they are, big something, you know, adultery, uh, premarital sex, uh, robbing a bank, uh, taking drugs, partying, you know, whatever else they say, that they used to say back in the day, but with the big sins. Even if you're not doing that, it says all wrongdoing is sin. So just cut somebody out, cut somebody out in your mind. Or, or have the thought that you wish they were dead and would leave you alone. That's still wrongdoing, it's sin. And you go on to say there's sin though that doesn't lead to death. So like I said, not every sin is gonna put you in hell, but it's still wrong. Now we know that anyone that born of God does not continue to sin. The one who was born of God keeps them safe and the evil one cannot harm them. Now some people get all up in arms about this. They say, oh, we don't continue to sin, so we're done with sin, right? Listen to what it says. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. You don't get up in the morning if you're saved you don't get up in the morning and say, okay, what trouble can I get into today? Uh, what kind of sins can I commit today? You don't have that kind of mind if you're saved. So you don't continue to sin. You don't live in sin. You don't make it your business to sin. You try your best to stay out of it. The one, Jesus Christ, who is one of God, keep, keeps them safe. Isn't Jesus keeping you safe right now? And the evil one cannot harm them. You say, what do you mean well, Satan can't harm me? He's always bothering me. Well, you think for a minute 
that Satan, if Satan had his way, you think he would be doing what he's doing to you now? If Satan had his way, you'd be out of your mind, you'd be killing people, you'd be totally disrupted. God keeps us safe. Jesus Christ keeps us safe because the evil one cannot harm us. He may hinder us. He may try to bother us through other people. He may try to do little things to us, but he cannot harm you. He can't take your spirit. He cannot do what he wants to do with you because believe me, he wants to destroy you off the earth that you go to hell with him. So don't, don't, don't make a big deal out of that verse and say, oh, it's impossible. No, it's not. Because Jesus is already doing it. You're already not continuing to sin. You don't live in sin. And Jesus Christ is keeping you safe right now. And uh, Satan cannot, cannot harm you because he can't do to you what he would love to do to you. Jesus only lets him go but so far. So if you've been afraid of that verse before, don't be afraid of it anymore. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. That's right. Would you believe it or not? There's saints and there's ants. And I ain't talking about, I'm not talking about the ants that are hypocritical. I'm talking about the ants that really want to tear things up. <clears throat> that really want to tear things up, tear this country apart, and everything else. The whole world is under control of the evil one. They may not know it. They may think they're doing all right. They say, oh, I'm a nice person. I pay my taxes. I don't bother nobody. That's, that's not the key to heaven, honey. You must be born again. So the whole world is under control of everyone. And he said that way back when the Bible was written. Uh, where was I? We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding. Hopefully we're using the understanding. <clears throat> so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true. And by being his son, Jesus Christ. He is a true God and eternal life. Excuse me. You want eternal life? You got to come through Jesus. Whether you like it or not, you don't believe it. Well, I'm going to talk about that. In another segment, not this segment. <clears throat> Alright, let's go on here. I spent a lot of time on that one. Now, the third example I said was, well, you can't get to heaven without water baptism in Jesus' name and speaking in tongues. Alright? Then what do you do with this? St. Luke chapter 23, verses 39 to 43 from the NIV. One of the criminals who hung there on his cross, this is a crucifixion, by the way. One of the criminals, cr <clears throat> excuse me, I should get some water. One of the criminals who hung there on the cross hurled insults at him, at who? At Jesus, while he's on the cross. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, 
Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, tell me where the man had time to get baptized in water in Jesus' name and where he had time to speak in tongues. You see it there? I don't see it there. Yet Jesus told him, Today, in other words, once you die, take your last breath, like the rest, like me and the other guy. Well, the other guy ain't going back with you. That was his repentance. He said, truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. That that one sentence he said, Jesus, remember me when you come to your kingdom. That was all the repentance he needed. Jesus took him in right there. But we make salvation so complicated. We got many people jump through hoops. They say you can't get to heaven without water baptism in Jesus' name. Not the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, but Jesus' name. And you got to speak in tongues. See, we make things so complicated. Now, since God shows no favoritism, how come this man was allowed to get in, but the rest of us are not? So God let him slide just because he was hanging on the cross? I don't think so. That's to do with your heart, honey. Not your geographical location. Alright, here's 1 John chapter 3. Verses 14 and 15 from the NIV. If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers do not have eternal life within them. All right, listen to that again. If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. So it's not speaking in tongues. It's not being baptized in water in Jesus' name. <clears throat> it's not any of these other things that we claim people have to do in order to be saved. It's love. He said, if we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves, proves, hear that? Proves that we have passed from death to life. Speaking in tongues doesn't prove that you love somebody. Going down in water doesn't prove that you love somebody. You're just going to be a wet devil. You have to love. I don't care how corny it sounds to you. And love is not an emotion. Love is an action. Love is what you do. What you do. That's how you worship God. Just show that you love Him. You worship Him. In your life, you live for him every day of your life. And if you love your brothers and sisters, that's how it proves that you pass from death to life. Now, this is Bible I'm giving you. It's not me making it up. Somebody wrote this a long time ago. I'm just trying to break it down to you, that's all. Alright, the fourth one was since we're under grace. It doesn't matter how we live. That's some ultra grace people talk like that. <clears throat> we'll think everything is grace, grace, grace. Well, Jude says this. 
There's only one chapter in Jude. So this is verse 3 and 4 from the NLT. Dear friends, I have been eagerly planning to write to you about the salvation we all share. But now I find I must write about something else, urging you to defend the faith that God has entrusted once for all to his holy people. I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches, saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. The condemnation of such people was recorded long ago, for they have denied our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. So, the thing some people say, well, since we're under grace, it doesn't matter how we live. The Bible says, this is why it's so, oh, I have to say this, this is why it's so important to make this, for I really want saints to stop being so spiritually illiterate and think they know it all and that they have it down pat and they don't even open the Bible and find out that what they've been taught or what they think they know is wrong because it's right in front of their face if they just look. But since we're in the, the age of technology and instant gratification and instant access to information <clears throat> that we want to look for, everything is fast, fast, fast. We don't have time. We don't take time out to study and to look in the Bible and to look up, look up things, dig things out. We just want everything to be right in front of our face as soon as we look at it. If we ask a question, whether the answer sounds good that pleases our flesh, a lot of times that's what people go with. But what did you say? This is this is middle part here. I say this because many some oh, excuse me. I say this because some Mongolian people have wormed their way into your churches, saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. What did I say before about 1 Corinthians chapter 6? Those certain people are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. So don't think it's all about grace, grace, grace. I do what I want. I'm going to heaven anyhow. Well, repentance. I don't have to repent. I repented once when I got saved and I'm done. Uh, that's a mistake. And don't flip out of this word master. Because this ain't talking about 1619 or this ain't talking about the slavery days. Because remember, the Bible was written way before slavery even started. Matter of fact, the Jews were the first ones to go into slavery, not black folks. For they have denied our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. Master being, he's the one you want to listen to, he's the one that controls everything. That kind of master. And besides, God is the spirit. The masters that control uh, slaves, they were men. God's not a man that he should lie. No, the son of man that he should repent. He's not a man, he's a spirit. So when, when, you, if you, refer, when you refer to him as master, it has nothing to do with a slave owner. Okay, nothing at all. Let's talk about his power. And how he's the head of our life, if you're saved. The Bible is a mystery. And since no one is going to fully understand God, we're not going to fully understand his word either. But he wants us to dig things out. Oh, see, I know, I know I was in here. 
<clears throat> and wants to dig things up. St. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 says, for the NIV, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So you got hunger and thirst for righteousness. You can't just say, well, I'm saved now, I'm done. You know, justification, that, that's all I need. No, it's not. You got hunger and thirst for righteousness, because if you do, you'll be filled. Now, Proverbs 25 and 2 says, It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. So God hides stuff on purpose. He wants us to dig it out. <clears throat> it says, It's the glory of God, one of his favorite thing, to conceal a matter. Well, I think what he's saying, Psalm 46. I declare the end from the beginning. So that means that if you want to know the end of days, you got to go to the beginning of the Bible. And oh, there's all concealed in there. That's the way God likes doing things. And it's up to us to dig it out. The I say to search our matter the glory of kings. Not just kings. Bam really wants to know the up to today. And everybody really wants to know what's going on in the word of God. Gotta dig it out. It's just not gonna jump out at you. What am I finding out? <clears throat> Second Timothy two, chapter two, verse fifteen from the King James. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's right. So you gotta study. Like I said, you gotta dig it out. You gotta study. And then lastly, Hosea chapter 4, verse 6a, from the NIV. <clears throat> My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Like I said, I wish saints today were not so spiritually illiterate. You know, the most the most I know is, but God so loved the world that he gives only begotten son. Those who believe in him shall have everlasting life. And that's as far as they can go. We have to learn to go further than that. But the Lord's coming back soon. This is the bottom line. See? So is there one bottom line? Why not? People think there's so many bottom lines. I, I don't know one bottom line. People may say, oh, there's so many opinions. There's no one particular answer. Now that's an easy answer to throw out there. See, it doesn't involve faith, it doesn't involve study, and it doesn't involve assurance. <clears throat> assurance. That's the answer that's safe. Why? Because it doesn't offend anyone, and it keeps one from being considered a narrow-minded, short-sighted Bible thumper. But it's an abolishment of the grave. And the great area of not wanting to take a stand is disappearing. I'm not going to go into that. I think you might know what I'm talking about. I was just saying, sure, if you want to try to stay neutral, in this day and time, you can't stay neutral. You got to pick a side. There are so many opinions, but that's it. They're opinions. It's like a butt. Everyone has one. So what? 
Now, if you think the Bible is just man's opinion too, then where's the bottom line in life? You tell me. Is there a bottom line in life? You like hear a lot of people say, oh, just do this, just do that, you'll be right now. So I listen to 45 billion opinions about all you have to do is this, all you have to do is that. God left us a roadmap. He left us a GPS, and we need to follow it. Do you really think we're on earth to guess and figure it out by ourselves? Really? So you mean there's no sum of, there's no difference, there's no product, there's no quotient, there's no map, there's no GPS, or X marks the spot. So you think we just fool through life until we die? You can if you want to, but why would you when a way has been made? See, the difference between the Jesus way and every other way is that Jesus is still alive. He's still working, he's still saving, and he's putting things in order for these end times. But don't expect to see his works if you don't obey him or believe that he's real. Hebrews 11, chapter uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, NIV. Well, you heard this before. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So all that falling in your arms and say, show me God, you're not having that. you got to believe he exists in the first place if you want to see something happen. And you got to believe that he's going to reward you or show you something if you earnestly seek him. Just don't have that arrogant attitude of holding your arms and say, okay, let's, let's go, God. Show yourself to me. It don't work like that. He's the one who created you. He doesn't have to show us anything. So in conclusion to this part one, this is too important a topic to not take seriously. No matter how much fluff and mush people talk in regards to salvation, you want the bottom line to make sure what they're saying matches up to the Bible. So even if you think this is fluff and mush, compare it to the Bible. I can't, uh, this is on personal note, I can't believe that in the last four years, I've done about 300 videos on Facebook and so forth, about 40 podcasts. I think this is number 40. And yet, I don't regret it because folks need to get saved, get serious, and learn. Every now and then, you know, I picture people missing the catching away of the saints. Some people say rapture, which is the English word for to describe the catching away. So every now and then I picture the people missing the catching away of the saints. The crying of folks who know something about salvation about salvation but wouldn't accept it for pride reasons, or not wanting to seem foolish to their friends, or thinking it was a born life. Excuse me. Also I think about those who be in a state of confusion because their saved loved ones are gone never to return. The signs are all around you now. Now hundreds of years away 
And even if they were, we got to be ready with God by the time we take our last breath. So, if there's no heaven or hell, congratulations, atheists. But if there is, oh boy, 